0: Aggression Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four, part one of the Ruthless Aggression podcast here in the UK. Uh, we're your host, My name's Dave, and as always, I'm joined by my main man CJ. How's it
1: going, Siege? Yeah, not so bad, mate. You? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, uh, CJ. Since we last recorded, been up too much? Yeah, uh, yeah, yes and no. Not not been not that much. I'm just busy with my uh, YouTube channel. Um, plug, 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 plug. <laughs> Yeah, you can catch me on YouTube. It's the CJ Show. Uh, the missus is away at the moment. She's in Berlin. Uh, she's on her Hindu, so I'm all home alone at the moment uh, for five days. She gets back on the uh, Friday. Uh, apart from that, just being a slob and doing podcasts with you, dude. Um,
0: obviously, we're recording it. We're recording this Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night. Sorry. So it was uh, Raw and SmackDown Monday and Tuesday. Um, James Ellsworth. The winner of this match. By disqualification, the man—oh!
1: James put on AJ Styles. The man who has more victories
0: over AJ Styles than John Cena, James Ellsworth.
1: Yeah, James Ellsworth. <laughs> now, th- there's a guy. He is, uh, well, my opinion on James Ellsworth is it's been good while it's lasted. Yeah. Uh, it needs. It needs to stop. Yeah. No. It, ne- it needs to stop. No
0: chin- His t-shirt. The fact that they're actually selling a t-shirt online at twenty four dollars ninety nine, or about twenty two and a half quid if you translate, uh, the into pounds.
1: Yeah, See? yeah, Dave, Dave. But get this. He's out selling Goldberg at the moment. I
0: know. That scares me. Speaking of Goldberg, if you're WWE and you had Goldberg return last week. To this massive pop. I lost my shit a little bit. Only a tiny little bit. Not imagine as much excited as you got. A bit of a little uh, sex way or something to oh, you. Oh, mate,
1: uh, you have no idea. I, I felt, I honestly felt like, I felt like a ten-year-old a kid again. That guy, him, Goldberg and The Rock were my childhood heroes in wrestling. And to see Goldberg live in 2016, doing his epic entrance, breathing in the smoke, in, you know what, he's actually got better on the mic as well, and the reaction that he got from the fans, because even though I'm a complete and utter Goldberg fan, um, I, d- I was a bit dubious thinking maybe the fans might boo him or whatever, but they welcomed him, welcomed him back with open arms. It touched him, you could see. It Gives me goosebumps now just thinking about it. To yeah, you could see I it touched him.
0: I don't think he... I think he was expecting a pop. Of course, he's Goldberg, WCW's biggest star. But I don't think he was expecting the reaction that he got. It wasn't just a pop when his music came out and he did his little pyro thing. And it, it chuff, I would chuffed to bits. He blew a bit of smoke out of his mouth. It was a very small amount of smoke, <laughs> but he it, it blew a bit of smoke out of his mouth. But I think it was the constant reaction he got from the fans, even when he was trying to start talking. Uh, they were chanting Goldberg. But then to, to just go on to what I was uh, gonna, what I was saying at the start. So they decide to bring Brock Lesnar now with Paul Heyman to discuss. Goldberg coming out and to give their response. So Brock Lesnar gets the pop of all pops. Uh, cro- the fans are chanting, Goldberg sucks. Paul Eamon's telling them that, no, Goldberg's your boy. Brock Lesnar sucks. And then Vince McMahon plays his music halfway through and cuts him off. And apparently, according to the dirt sheets, lost his
1: shit backstage. They should have, they sh- right, okay. This is the problem that they've got right now. And this is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll congress a bit here, right? Goldberg Lesnar, it's happening at Survivor Series. So they've got—is it two weeks? Three, two, three weeks, three, three weeks, three weeks on Sunday. Yeah, because Hell in the Cell yeah. Sunday, and then there's a fortnight till Survivor Series. Uh, Goldberg, Goldberg has got three weeks to get into shape for one, um, and two. it's Survivor Series. Survivor Series is three weeks away. So they, they've 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 booked them themselves too early. Two more rows. Yeah, yeah basically. Two more rows. So, if, if, they'd have brought, if they'd have said, right, we'll have Lesnar, Goldberger, I don't know, let's say Royal Rumble. Even Mania. Is, uh, Mania. Yeah. Yeah. Cena, they, Rock, Cena like, Rock was that yeah. big, they planned it yeah. a year in advance. I was just about to say that. They did it for fucking Cena and The Rock. Right. Goldberg, Lesnar, yeah, he was an absolute shit show at WrestleMania 20. And we, we all know it was a shit show. However, they're two massive names. Why would you give them a match? Three weeks away, when there's so much potential for them to have great storytelling and you know have backstage brawls between them and you know we probably will get a backstage brawl with them. I think that might happen within two three weeks. Well, we might get, or it might just be a shitty contract signing before Survivor Series, yeah. and we all know that that ends up. <laughs> no, well, to be fair,
0: I want to touch on this as well. The contract signing on Raw on Monday with Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Didn't
1: end in the scuffle. Well, that's that, another thing with, that, with 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 Sasha and um, Charlotte. They it's weird because they're meant to be enemies, but in it was in a weird sort of way. Respecting seem, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it's odd. Like I I want to see some full on heat between them both, but it's like you could you, with Charlotte. She's a good heel. I love her as a heel, but you could say something to her and she can just like wave it off um rather than getting aggressive about it i want to see an aggressive diva it's got potential to be a good feud but it's too much of it all the time yeah But like i remember back in the
0: day they always want to go back to it, it as the ultimate women's feud of trish and lita and they didn't they weren't having main event promos they were back yeah. they were four or five backstage segments through a night yeah and then maybe um there'd be a match where lita would be in the corner of one of the hardy Boys, Trish trisha be in the corner of somebody else and then they'd get involved there. So they'd build
1: up without having to need to be in the ring one-on-one. There's, that's the thing, though. Lazy booking. Uh, it's, it's Yeah, lazy booking. That, I'll take that one. And also, it's three hours. It's a fucking three-hour show, man. Like, I enjoy Raw. I used to enjoy Raw a hell of a lot. But, you know, and the first time that they went for three hours, I'm sure every single wrestling fan in the world was like, yes, it's going to be three hours. Yes, we're going to get another extra hour wrestling. But after about a year or so, WWE and the fans start to realize, Oh, on a minute, there's three hours. We've got to sit through three hours and their creative team every single week have to try and come up with something, you know, creative and <laughs> have uh, something different and fresh every week. It's just not going to happen. Three hours is a lot. It's a lot. And that's probably one of the reasons why we've seen a lot of injuries as well. Yeah. In the past year, we've had a ridiculous amount of injuries. That's probably because every Monday, uh, bear, bear in mind, the rest of the other days, they've got a wrestler as well, you know, the dark shows. They've got to do a three-hour show as well on Raw. Um, And yeah, I mean, overall Raw, you compare that to SmackDown at the minute, SmackDown's owning it. Apart yeah. from the bit with James Ellsworth. But, you know, it's still, even with James Ellsworth on the show, the SmackDown's still better than Raw. Yeah. And Jericho, is... Jericho is the only guy on Raw that's that's carrying that. Th- he's carrying Raw at the minute.
0: Jericho. Because he's he's the one that's doing a storyline. He's doing a backstage segment. He's doing what what people forget, right? With Joe you know, the Attitude Era, the so-called biggest era in professional wrestling. People forget that the matches were three three minutes long, four minutes long. It was nothing to do with the matches. Yeah. Everybody everybody had a storyline. Everyone was doing something. Like, can you remember APA when they used to go to the pubs and start fighting people in the pubs?
1: Yeah. They were just, they were, that, there's a reason why it's called creative. What do you think would happen now if Vince Russo was sat in WWE's creative office? He's come in, rolls on next week, Russo's in charge, what's going to happen? Jericho's list on a poll. first <laughs> match. <laughs> well, en- enough of our ranting guys, let's get on with the results.
0: Now get the guns, the drugs, from my generation I'll take the fall, the state, and across the nation And it's a state! the cause, the free!
1: the fraud, the mess with me Come on, come on, come on, let's get it out Move to the
0: music, then. So it's the first roll after SummerSlam, it's the 26th of August uh, We are live from Madison Square Gardens in New York City uh, J. Argo's absolutely wild as over 16,000 fans are in attendance. Uh, Eric Bischoff, he opens the show. Welcome, everyone, to Monday Night Raw. He promises a historic evening. First, he's going to combine two titles tonight. Are you ready for this, CJ? We are combining the hardcore title with the IC title. We have got Tommy Dreamer versus Rob Van Dam. Wait, wait, wait. Does this mean the end of the hardcore championship? This means this is this is... Well, I don't know. Let's get to the results. We don't know, do we? We don't know. But this potentially, this potentially could be the last ever hardcore match that you'll ever see for the hardcore title. He also says that we're gonna honour a Hall of Famer with a lifetime achievement award. So it's i I'm asking you a question. It's 2002. It's the night after SummerSlam. A Hall of Famer is gonna come out on the Monday Night Raw. Who would you pick? Oh, oh gosh. Um, after to... shit. Um, Hall of Famer. Somebody, Somebody who is, is a Hall of Famer. They're in the Hall of Fame. It's 2002, and they are in the Hall of Fame. Oh, May Young. You're wrong, but let's. Let, we'll see how we get on. Fabulous <laughs> Mueller. You, you double wrong. We'll uh, oh. keep having a go until we get to that point. Keep having a p- drop in if you think. Right. Oh. So then uh, Bischoff introduces the new WWE champion Brock Lesnar. He comes out with Paul Heyman. Uh, JR comments how he's only 25 years, 25 years old, and he also comments that we'll get an update on uh, Shawn Michaels' condition later on. Um, as Heyman, this now, this got to me, this. As Heyman begins to talk, the crowd are chanting, Rocky, Rocky. This is the near enough the same crowd, probably, that last night in SummerSlam uh, were chanting Rocky sucks because they knew we were going away for a movie.
1: I don't, I, I don't I, have an answer for that one. WB fans? it just, are they in the same arena? Are they in the same, same area? Uh, no, no. It's, we've
0: not got to that time in life where SummerSlam's the same place every year. There you go. But Yeah, but there's, there's still a chance, though, that... Well, even even if they're not the same fans, right, they're, they're still WWE fans. What, have, if, what if, what if, when they bought a ticket for that Raw... Rock was advertised. Rock was advertised. was advertised. Potentially. It's a good shout. It's a good, good shout. Uh, so Heyman's in the ring. He begins his promo. Um, it was quite funny. They he lists loads of legends that have appeared at Madison Square Garden. Guys like Bruno Sammartino, uh, Pat Patterson, I believe he mentions... And he says they can all be combined and they wouldn't even equal Brock Lesnar, which he's probably right. (laughs) Yeah, absolute beast of a man. Um, Heyman says the funniest thing is, which he loves telling everybody, that he told you so. Then Brock spoils the promo by opening his mouth. Brock does a little bit of a, I don't, I hate hearing Brock Lesnar on a microphone. That's why he's got Paul Heyman. And then (laughs) um, his, his music cuts them off. The crowd absolutely lose their shit. The last thing they saw was HBK carried out on a stretcher with, it looks like, potentially another broken back. Triple H then comes walking out onto the stage in HBK's music, strutting his stuff, thinking it's Shawn Michaels. Um, uh. He says that's the last time that you'll ever hear Shawn Michaels' crap again. Um, he says that he crippled HBK. And then he turns his attention to Brock. He calls him just a boy. He said that he told him that if he wins a title, he'll be waiting for him. Um, and says says that Brock owes him one, because uh, he wants to know if Brock is the man enough to play the game. Uh, Taker's Music and interrupts. Uh, we've got a, this is a big start to Monday Night Raw, this. So in Madison Square Garden, we've had Brock Lesnar, Triple H and The Undertaker within the opening 10 minutes. Uh, so yeah, Taker's Music interrupts, and he says he gets the first crack at, crack at the young blood. He says he's the number one contender, and he wants to know if Brock's the next big thing or the next big bitch. Nicky, Nicky Rock's <laughs> line, though. No, was it Rock that used that, I believe? I think it's Nicky yeah. Rock's line. Uh, so then Triple H attacks the Undertaker, and Brock helps. Uh, but the Undertaker turns it around, he plants both Lesnar and Triple H, and he delivers his corner splash, his whole train, the Undertaker whole train, uh, to both of them. Um, Taker then starts slapping Brock like a um, a mother would slap a child that's in trouble. Uh, <laughs> it's quite funny, and then delivers a massive big boot. Now, I watched this back then watched it back again, and then slowed it down and watched it back again. And I can't see the point where the boot doesn't hit the face. I think Undertaker there is flexing a little bit of his authority. Well,
1: yeah, well, the, the, boot, the the boots are padding in there, don't they? But still, even if they got padding in, gonna, it's going to hurt a little bit, surely.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's supposed to be that if, apparently if you're two that good of a wrestler, you can hit someone without even touching them, but make it look like from every angle that you've hit them.
1: The Undertaker there. Who's that that callip, though? That's The
0: Undertaker. The Undertaker. And just, I don't know if you noticed it, um, last night over in the States was the World Series. Uh, The Undertaker was, I believe, there uh, with the Cavaliers all dressed up in full Undertaker gear.
1: And he looked good. And he he looked looked good. good.
0: All these internet stories that he's he's looking frail. Don't believe what you read on the internet, kids. The Undertaker will
1: never die. He looked good, so... He, looked, I think he was he definitely wearing a wig, but he looked good.
0: Oh yeah, oh of course he's of course wearing a wig. Uh, the last photo we saw of him on his crutches, he had very short grey hair. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you don't know, it may grow faster in Death Valley.
1: Well, he may have though he, he might have had a ponytail and a beanie on. In that urn may contain
0: special powers.
1: Well, yeah, Paul Bearer probably gave him. Some special powers before you
0: passes away. Rest in peace. Undertaker's always had them powers. Undertaker can get lightning in an, in an arena. When there's not he even can. a sky yet, yeah? a closed arena, an Undertaker can draw lightning out of the
1: sky. And 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 guys, he can he can come out of the casket, and you can bury him alive. You and can bury still him alive back. multiple times. You can bury him alive. And then he'll appear on the screen, um, oh. on, a mo- on a on a big screen in 1996.
0: 1994. So if-
1: 994
0: so nice nine, nine, Royal Rumble. A bit of trivia for you. 994 Royal Rumble. So Undertaker's uh, in the casket. So obviously, Yokozuna, it's Undertaker, world title. Uh, loads of heels come down. They help Yokozuna. Like Bam Bam Bigelow, Jeff Jarrett, the Head Shrinkers, Crush. Um, they all come down, help under, uh, Yokozuna. They put Undertaker into the casket. Jeff Jarrett's pushing the casket away. Green smoke appears. And then you see Undertaker on the screen, and he seems to lift and rise. It's not the Undertaker in the video. It's Marty Jannetta. Who's Martin, G- in the video? That's Jeanette. It's Margene, dressed as the Undertaker. Yeah, he's the one that rises up through. Really? Yeah. I don't know why they didn- I don't know why they didn't use the Undertaker when they're him rising up through the uh, like looked like he was rising up through the Titan Tron. But yeah, they used Margene. I'm gonna have to watch that
1: on the network as soon as we finish recording this. I'm gonna- <laughs> in fact, I'm gonna turn the volume down and I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna do that right now while we're recording. There's a first for you guys. I'm going to watch the network while we're recording because I need to see this shit. Yeah. But so carry on, Dave. Carry on. Yeah, carry I will on. do.
0: I will do. So, yeah, so he's. Uh, so, it's what well, the point you need to be looking for is when he's in the casket and when he says, The Undertaker will never rest in peace, and then, like, his eyes flicker and he rolls his head to the side, and then you see the body get carried through. The body getting carried through is Marty A.
1: Okay, so, yeah, Dave was right. I've, I've literally just watched the video now. Um, you cannot tell. That's Marginate at all, even for it being 1994. And on that note, I am going to say, why in the bluest of blue hells do we not have production like that anymore in the WWE?
0: Because, and I'll tell you, well, I'd like to think i will tell you why. I'll give you my opinion why. I just think that they think we wouldn't care anymore and we wouldn't believe. Wrestling, When did when did wrestling stop making people believe? Because, like... I remember when i have grown up as a kid, Hulk Hogan. Well, I know obviously back then when you're growing up as a child, you, you, you're unaware of kayfabe and you're unaware that it's, it's predetermined and stuff. But Hulk Hogan, he could kick the living daylights out of anybody because that's what they made me believe. And no man, no man, whether that be Earthquake, whether that be Sergeant Slaughter, Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant, no man could beat Hulk Hogan. Join it. And I think they tried doing that a little bit with John Cena and I don't, well, nothing makes me believe that. Like, you watch a match, the only person you can guarantee who's not going to lose at a minute is Braun Strowman, because he's the only one that they're trying to make you believe. But they're going down the Ryback route of letting him destroy all these jobbers. Yeah. Like, I'm all down for having these jobbers back. I'm all down for a bit of enhancement talent. But if you watch back on the early rows, like 93, 94, the early rows. You had all these talent. You had your Razor Ramones. You had Bret Hart, Undertaker. They were all facing in main events jobbers. But these weren't guys that made their debuts being jobbers, uh, facing jobbers. I know obviously Braun Strowman, he had his little bit with Wyatts, but they're trying to, well, they don't even talk about that anymore. do they? They're trying to say that he's, an act, he's just his But like the Undertaker debuted in 1990 Survivor Series, his mystery partner, massive big thing about it. Bret Hart, he were a tag team wrestler for years and years and years. Had his own run. Do you know what I mean? He was world champion before Monday Night Raw ever existed. Razor Ramon. Yeah. Razor Ramon, he was established before Monday Night Raw ever existed. That's why you have these guys against the jobbers, because people want to see superstars. Yeah. You don't You don't start a guy. You don't go down the Ryback route. You don't start a guy being a jobber because people get...
1: Uh, facing jobbers, because people get bored. I know, yeah, but me, as a, as a wrestling fan, I'm sort of intrigued to see where it goes with Braun Strowman. In fact, I was quite annoyed that they paired Sami Zayn up with him. And, I'm, and this is not... you. Pro- people listening now, you're probably going to hate him saying this, but Sami Zayn bores me. Agreed. Unless, unless he's with somebody like Shinsuke Nakamura or somebody on his wrestling calibre, Sami Zayn bores me. He can't talk on the microphone. He can wrestle. He's a very, very, very good wrestler. Um, but he just, as a character, he's—I just don't get his whole character, to be honest. That's why I'm a bit pissed off with him being paired with Braun Strowman. I, I'd much rather see someone like—I don't know, just anybody but Sami Zayn, like, sort like Mark Henry. You know, I, I'd have preferred Mark Henry to come out, even though Mark Henry's, you know, more or less ready to retire. Someone, someone like a Jack Swagger. I know he's on SmackDown now, but
0: someone yeah, like a
1: Jack Swagger. Some, somebody you could believe. Because yeah. the thing is, if if Sami Zayn beats Braun Strowman, I'm, I'm going to be annoyed. Which yeah.
0: I, I've got a feeling he's going to. Well, there, there, it looks like this talk is going to be happening at Hell in the Cell. But there's see, I we we touched on it last episode, and we'll carry on because I'm sure it'll come up. As we all know, I'm not a big NXT watcher, uh, not a massive indie wrestling watcher either. Um, knew of Seth Rollins and the Tyler Black purely through. Uh, reading about Ring of Honor. Um, never really watched much of it. So, El Generico, never seen... I've, only matches I've ever watched of El Generico is since I've known who Sami Zayn is. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't do anything for me. He, he doesn't give me a reason to be to care about him.
1: Yeah. I agree. It, it, doubt, it was a different story down in NXT with him. Different story down there. But... It always is. It could go on. But... Let's let's try and get <laughs> back on. track. Let's get
0: back on track. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, it's the it's the 26th Monday Night Raw. Um, so obviously we've had our opening segment. Uh, Bischoff comes out after the break to announce the uh, number one contendership match for the main event. Um, the first match: uh, Booker T with Goldust um, versus Christian with Lance Storm. So following on their like month-long rivalry, that's all we seem to have seen since we've started this. Is the Un-Americans and Booker T and Goldust. Um, whatever happened to pay-per-views being the day where? Uh, being the the time where rivalries ended. It's never the case, and it seems like we've hit that start now. Uh, the ending was Booker T uh, with the scissor kick after he reversed an And um, Afterwards, Lance Storm got in the ring to interfere but was stopped by gold dust. So, yeah, so we go got backstage segment with uh, Christian Lance Storm. Christian's pretty pissed uh, that lost the match. But Tess says, don't worry, he's got some plans tonight that's going uh, to put smiles back on their faces. So, uh, CJ, Tess is up to his old tricks again, it looks like.
1: <sighs> when when in the blue hell is that guy going to have... When is he going to have a match for a start? When is he going to actually have a decent match Summer with Slam, anybody? SummerSlam
0: Undertaker. It was class. It was shit. That's <laughs> just
1: shit. Like, seriously, the only reason he got a freaking contract in the WWE is because he's tall and he's got muscles. He can't talk for shit on the microphone. And he, he just goes round. He's pissing me right off. Seriously, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I'm glad I'm not reviewing Raw because my Raw review would be literally me ranting about a fucking Test for like an hour. Seriously, that guy just gets under my skin so much. I quite like Test. I thought Test 1999
0: when he was having the uh, rivalry with Shane McMahon. Or... We're not in
1: 1999, are we? We're in 2002.
0: It's not Do... that far ago. Give over. We're in 2016 and John Cena's still fucking relevant. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we lead to a tag team match. This JR pissed me off here, he we did. We've got Bubba Ray and Spike come out. So Bubba Ray's uh, not interfering with girls this week or anything like that. We've got a tag team match, good old-fashioned tag team match. He calls them the Dudleys. They're not. That, that's d on and Bubba Ray. They're not it's Bubba the, and Spike. It? It's Bubba and Spike. It's Spike and Bubba. You can even go Bubba and Spike Dudley, like TNA doing with Cordy and Brandy Rhodes. You know what I mean? They're not the Dudleys. JR, off form. Um, they're opponents, accompanied by Molly Holly. It's Chris Nowinski and William Regal. Uh, we cut to a backstage segment with <laughs> Chris Nowinski being a pervert again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's week number four, I believe, of Chris Nowinski trying to bang Molly Holly. Uh, So the end of the match, uh, Bubba gets the win with a Bubba bomb. At the end of the match, Bubba pulls Molly through the ring and um, it looks like he's going to put her through a table, but she's saved by uh, Nowinski and Regal. Uh, Regal ends up being powerbombed through the table by Bubba. Uh, He's got
1: an old sit-down Bubba powerbomb from the top rope. It does look good when he does that that powerbomb. To digress, when he came back that that year, the year that they just had in the WWE, he did do that powerbomb through the table a couple of times, didn't he? However, and it was only a little thing that niggled at me, he, was, he wasn't doing the powerbomb that he did. He was getting him on his shoulders and powerbombing power them, and then he'll he land on his feet rather than yeah. know, sit he'll land.
0: Up. He'll land through the table himself.
1: Yeah, it, that it. makes it look
0: so much better. Yeah. We cut to Bischoff talking to the Hall of Famer. Um, you don't see him. Uh, so you've got, like, Bischoff talking, looks like, to his office door. You don't know who the Hall of is going to be. Um, any more thoughts have dropped in your mind who it could be? This, uh,
1: um, is it a male or female? Can have a clue? We're male.
0: Man, we're male, we're male, and we have a bloodline within the WB. So we cut, then, to a backstage segment with Nowinski and Molly. Uh, Molly thanks him for the save, and she says if there's anything that she can do. Um, so Nowinski decides to give her a little hug and then he turns to the camera with this ultra pervy little grin on his face. Um, he still wants to get a bang on. he's trying, he's trying. <laughs> so then we go to the ring, and Bischoff introduces the
1: Hall of Famer. Before I say it, any more thoughts? Now, d- genuinely, d- Dave has not told me, and I, I really want to know. Um, I'm gonna go, you said Bloodline, Hall of Famer. I don't even know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet, but I'm gonna say Jim Snooker. Very correct the uh, murdering jimmy
0: snooker comes out uh, it's not exactly accused. something to
1: get excited about there really
0: no so we get a little bit of a smushy segment bischoff bigging up his career we get a a nice little uh, video segment to be fair a little video tribute to jimmy snooker's career you see him jumping off the cage in madison square garden obviously we're in msg so it's nice little uh nostalgia fallback for him and then guess what jimmy snooker has uh three minutes he has three minutes Yes. <laughs> so the Island Boys come out. Jamal, Rosie and Jamal—they um, absolutely <laughs> destroy him. And it's, it, oh, he it gets it, oh, bless him. I, they must have paid him well because Snooker must be what late 50s, early 60s, if not later at this time. And God, he takes an hiding—an <laughs> absolute hiding. They do. He does his big Amarga splash. Do you see when he's Amarga, and it's turned uh, into one of his key moves. Um, He does that onto Snooker, and uh, it looked like Snooker's lungs were going to pop through
1: his throat and come out of his (laughs) mouth. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Good. Good. Snooker's only famous for two things. Getting a coconut bashed over his head and jumping off a cage. That's it. So then, so we come back after the break, uh, and we
0: see Superfly being carried out uh, when Chris Jericho's music plays uh, for his match tonight with Jeff Hardy. It's not a bad match, that. No. Uh, Jericho then attacks Superfly. Straight away. Puts him in the walls of Jericho. JR is ultra pissed. What do you A walls oh, Jericho on
1: a helpless Hall of Famer. What Jericho? What the self professed king of the world does not fall out the high horse from these days. some respect, Jericho.
0: Joseph is respect for Jimmy sniffed. This is our first moment tonight of severely angry JR. Um, he goes on a massive rant about Jericho. He's not even half the man that Superfly is. And it, it, it. I felt like JR was describing his granddad being beat up.
1: It was that angry. It was. That's how good JR is. JR's, JR's just so good at stuff. This is what the, the commentators are lacking now. They don't have that enthusiasm or that passion. To call a decent match, oh, or just a story. Today's line.
0: commentary,
1: it's. I'm. I'll, let's
0: start with Raw. Michael Cole, I had enough here in 1999, son. Why are you still here? Corey Graves, very massive shame that he had to retire. Stay in NXT. I don't want to listen to you, and I don't watch NXT. All right, so that does for me. And then we've got. Who else have we got on Raw? JBL. Oh, no, we've got. Byron fucking Saxton. Uh, I remember watching him on NXT when it was the old reality TV series to win a spot on the roster NXT. Fuck me, you were bad then. Fuck me, he's bad now. And then we go on to SmackDown. We've got the only shining light in any commentary in the WWE at the minute. Is it? Is it Mauro, what they call him? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant commentator. He knows that moves. He knows, he knows the fucking name for moves. It's a start in the right direction. But then either, I si- can- either side of him, he's got... David Otunga, how on earth is David Otunga still employed and they've got JBL and JBL stick's not funny anymore?
1: The only reason uh, David is employed is purely for the fact that he's... His missus he, is an Oscar yeah. winning singer. Yeah. That's and I it. can imagine with um, the commentator that's uh, saying... Oh, that's bad that I can't remember the guy's name.
0: Mauro Ronello or something like
1: that. Malro Ronello, right? Something like that. Even though he's shouting all these wrestling maneuvers, uh, he's calling out the wrestling moves. I can guarantee you, Vince McMahon is down his headset, going, "You should have said that. You shouldn't. you d- oh, you should be storytelling. You shouldn't be talking about moves. Yeah. You
0: should be. T- you should be telling him, son, where they uh, went to college football, and uh,
1: <laughs> what a maneuver, ultimate maneuver, fantastic maneuver. Oh, you should say that he's got bigger grapefruits than me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would love, I would love to hear what goes through what they hear on a three-hour episode
1: of Raw. I'd love I'd, it. I'd get sick of it. I would get s- sick of it because you're a puppet. You're not. You're not. You're not a commentator. You're a puppet. Oh it's yeah. Raw on Raw, or SmackDown. You're limited to what you can say, which I don't think they should be. But obviously, it's a formula that works. It does work because they they wouldn't have been doing it as long as they have been, but. I just, you know, think... if they were let loose and they were allowed to say what they wanted to say.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's it's the three men boobs as well. I know it's Vince loves it. Vince absolutely loves his three men boobs, but I I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing because everyone was used to it and everyone grew up. Well, I did myself. Grew up on Jr. and the King, but and to be fair, Michael Cole and Taz, they were good together. Yeah, but I don't know whether it's just me bit with the nostalgia or the fact that. I just, I firmly
1: believe that a three-man announced booth just doesn't work. No, because there's always uh, those three men. There's always going to be one that's the best. Yeah, there's always a main
0: guy. There's, it always used to be you had your uh, your commentator and then your colour commentator. So your colour commentator would, with King used to drop in with little anecdotes and little uh, little puns and little fucking puppies and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but now, you now you've now you got everyone trying to be the main guy. And then everyone, like, just because JBL plays the heel commentator, why is all of a sudden Corey Graves playing the heel commentator? Like, always picking on Byron Saxton and stuff. And it's, remember, don't be a bully, be a star. But no, we'll have a talent bully each other. Anyway, Chris Jericho promo. So Jericho gets on the mic. Uh, he says that he should have won that match because he made Flair tap out, and they show the footage of where he's got Flair in the you uh, know he's got Flair in the figure four leg lock. Uh, Flair's holding the rope, but at the same time he's tapping out. Uh, he said that he's pissed and he's going to take his anger out on Jeff Hardy. So yeah, so the next match is Chris Jericho versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, Jeff wins after uh, Chris Jericho refuses to break the Walls of Jericho after Jeff grabbed the rope. Uh, he kept him in the hole for a good two minutes uh, until loads of refs and even Sergeant Slaughter came down uh, to pull him off. Um, <laughs> fan fan sign of the night. Fozzie played my skull prom. Then we go backstage with Terry Reynolds, uh, Paul Heyman and Brock. Um, he says, who would he prefer to win the number one, number one contenders match? Cause he doesn't care. Doesn't make a difference. Terry keeps pushing him for an answer and he keeps saying, no, nah, not bothered. I beat him both. Now that, my friend, is confidence. Yep. And then we go to another backstage segment. It's very backstage heavy as well this evening. Uh, we get the Un-Americans discussing Tess's idea in a little bit more detail. Um, he says, right, let's go to the ring and I'll explain my idea. So, ooh, excitement. What are the Un-Americans going to do? Um, Tess does a promo uh, laying on a massively thick Canadian accent, uh, which was quite, quite funny to be fair to say. I think he was raised in Canada but lived in America for most of his life. JR, angry JR gets mad again. Uh, he calls him a son of a bitch. Uh, he's absolutely going wild. How dare he talk about America like this? Then all of a sudden, Kane's pyro goes off. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember this now. But Massive no, pop. But no Kane. What? So Tess then gets the American flag with her bunsen burner. JR's going fucking wild. Absolutely <laughs> apeshit. Crash. Kane's pyro appears again. And this is actual theme tune. And guess who makes his return? It's the big red machine.
1: Well, we are back live here, ladies and gentlemen. Before we went to break, we heard what I hope is a nothing more than a threat. Because we heard that he's got a blowtorch in his hand. It's not a threat, they are. I cannot look at this. The blowtorch is red, white, and blue. Now this is.
0: You know... He's, I, he's gonna, gonna don't do tell more. me he
1: thinks he's going to do this right in the middle of that ring. In the middle of that ring here in Madison Square Garden in New York City, he thinks he's going to burn an American flag. I don't like these three guys' chances of getting out of here. These un-Americans have got to be stopped. Arrogant,
0: disrespectful. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Big finger. You Nick, know, Nick I uh, I really think it's about time. About. You Americans, realize what the rest of the world really thinks about you. And to be honest, I couldn't think of a better way than this.
1: That that son of a bitch is going to burn our flag, kid. No, he cannot do that. That's exactly what he's going to do. Oh, God! Oh, damn it, man. Kane okay, is coming back, but it's back one up, of those man. promo things.
0: Somebody think oh, those three man. are wearing boxing pants. He's going to do it again. That son of a bitch is going to do it Kane.
1: He is here. Uh, uh, I am good about that. However, he did. He, that was probably the biggest pop Kane's ha- ever had. I never will have. That from what I can remember. But then how do you kill it off within three minutes? You do this.
0: You have Kane come out. JR's losing his mind. He's destroying, uh, he's destroying the Un-Americans. JR has a little bit of a sex where he makes a weird little high-pitched noise. Uh, Booker T then comes in to help, uh, help his mate out, even though him and Kane, yeah, they've been friends for years. Uh, Booker T then says to the crowd, he's going to do what they, uh, they've they come to see him do, and that's the spin-a-rooney. Kane goes to leave, and guess what comes next? It's a very popular video. Kane does the Kane a <laughs> How do you kill a
1: monster in three minutes? That is... that That's pure... That that doesn't even make any sense. No. Why would they do that? Um, WWE
0: logic. The, the fans, they're going to go wild because Kendrick's in but the fans also love Booker T, Spinner So let's do somebody else doing it because the fans will love it just as much.
1: That doesn't... That I, Well, back then, I don't know, because every time we talk about stuff like this, it does remind me of the fact that it was 2002. But yeah. so back in 2002, I probably would have enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie, because Spinner was massive back then. So then, uh, Stacey Keebler comes to the ring. Um, Howard Finkel's already in the ring. She
0: says she's out here to make sure that uh, Trish Stratus doesn't interfere in the next match, which is a evening gown tuxedo match. We have Lillian Garcia versus Howard Finkel.
1: Well, I definitely know who I want to have their clothes taken off. I want it to be, you know, Lillian Garcia. Underrated. Underrated. She is fit. Like she is fit, well, I would love to see her naked. Guess what? Do We get to see her naked in this, or no. is it the Fink? No, 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 it's the Fink.
0: The crowd booed the absolute living daylights out of the match from start to finish. Um it, it, ah, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. At the start of the match, Howard Finkel got on the mic and he's going down this little sexist route, and he's uh, he's saying this match is going to finish how it should be with blondes laying down on their backs. Uh, so, Trish Stratus, Lillian Garcia, uh, and Stacy Keebler, who's come out to uh, defend or stop Trish getting in. Very stupid how this went. So, you've got Stacy coming out to fight against Trish if she gets involved. But within the fucking spin of a die, right? you've got her helping Trish and Lillian kick the crap out of Howard Finkel now. Again, to booze and to lots of them. So, got RBD versus Tommy Dreamer. Hardcore match. Uh, RBD gets the win. So now the, the hardcore title is gone. Goodbye, God bless. Um, so you are now have the uh, intercontinental title, the European title, the hardcore title, and now all represented within one belt. But the names of the European title and the hardcore title will very rarely get ever used on uh, WWE programming ever again. And then it's time for our main event of the evening. It is Triple H versus Undertaker. Uh, late on into the match, uh, Lesnar comes down uh, after Earl takes uh, three ref bumps, three in a row. He gets he gets squashed in a corner. He gets pushed again, and then he takes a clothesline. line. Erlebner knew how to take a ref bump. He loved taking a ref bump. Um, Lesnar distracts Taker to allow Triple H to make a low blow. Uh, Lesnar then strikes Taker with the belt, allowing Triple H to make the pin. Uh, so Lesnar and Heyman then walk back up the ramp. Triple H stunned the ring a bit perplexed, as into to why they've just helped him out. Uh, obviously, you had the little bit at the beginning where they're saying he owes him one. Could it be on the back of that? As it stands, we have now got a and one contender. We have got Triple H, who's going to be against Brock Lesnar for the title. Until we cut backstage, where Stephanie McMahon pulls up in a limousine, all smug with Eric Bischoff, and she says, All well and good, you've got a number one contender, but for what? And then Brock Lesnar and Paul Herman proceed to get into Stephanie's limo and say they have exclusively signed with SmackDown as Raw goes off the air.
1: That's a big win for my boys. I don't have a champ. It... Yeah, I've you got don't.
0: a number one to contender for what? I've just got rid of the hard... In, in the space of a fortnight, I've got rid of the European title, the hardcore title, and now I've lost the world championship. I've got that IC belt. <laughs> that's it. And the tag straps.
1: Yeah, that's uh, not good for you. Not good for Raw. Good Raw, though. Overall, that's a pretty impressive Raw, to be fair. Talent heavy again. Absolutely, you've you've got your wrestlers on
0: SmackDown. You've got your stars on Raw.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I definitely agree. I'd say I, I like Raw for the 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 comedy. There's a lot of comedy. Too much sometimes. Hmm. But again, it's we're because we're different, completely different wrestling fans. I would say that Raw. Th- th- I find certain. Parts of Raw better than what you'd find, I think. No, totally agree.
0: Okay, so we're on to the Smackdown
1: show, August 29, 2002. The show opens with stephanie mcmahon and uh, dave i'm sure you're gonna be happy with this how hot she looked in that red dress when she came down to the middle of the ring she My is God. smoking absolutely phenomenal and her face is shiny and she looks there's a couple of bits backstage service when you actually see she's wearing the red dress and you get a really good look you get a good thigh look on stephanie there That <laughs> like she's looking like honest she's in a peak yeah. she's in a peak like, she's still a
0: beautiful woman to this day, so she's had three kids. She's still got a cracking figure, a beautiful one. But we're not talking mummy Stephanie McMahon at the minute. We're talking early 20s
1: Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Um, so, anyway, Stephanie McMahon comes out to the ring and she said, Well, we've got a new champion, it's Brock Lesnar. However, there's nobody to face our champion, Brock Lesnar. Um, so, what they do, what she does is she says she's announcing tonight that we're going to have. Uh, a tournament where literally they're going to find a number one contender for Brock Lesnar tonight. And so the first match is on the way, and it's Eddie Guerrero versus Edge. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and Edge, brilliant match. Nice little rivalry going off between these two at the moment. Straight off the Battle of SummerSlam and they're straight into another match again. And um, Ed- Eddie, I think this is where, one of the first bits where you actually see Eddie with his lying, cheating and stealing. And it's a brilliant spot that he does. I don't know if you've seen this bit, Dave, but basically Eddie gets the win. And the way he gets the win is he goes outside the ring. He gets two steel chairs. And with those steel chairs, he stands against the apron with the chairs, puts one chair into the ring. The referee sees this chair. Uh, so and, and Edge grabs the chair, and the referee takes it off Edge. Obviously, the ref is distracted. With the other chair Eddie had on the apron, he slides that one in holds it against his chest as Edge goes for a spear against him into the turnbuckle, and then, obviously, Eddie gets the pin. Awesome. That's genius. Awesome. Absolutely.
0: Eddie, that's one thing I do miss. Um, I, don't, I don't know if this was Eddie's idea or it was creative at the time's idea, but having Eddie doing these little ways of getting round matches, like there's one coming, spoiler alert, people, there's one coming in about five years' time. No, it's not. It's maybe four years' time. Uh, where it's, is it Eddie Mania with Angle? Where he takes his boot off and Angle's trying to put him in an ankle lock. Genius! Absolutely genius!
1: Yeah, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, I miss him so much. Legend. I really miss him. Uh, so, anyway, Eddie Guerrero wins, and now he is currently the number one contender for the Undisputed Championship. However, he's got to go through other people. And whoever, beat, if anybody beats Eddie Guerrero, they will then become the new ah, number one potential. So it's winner stays on? Yeah, basically, uh, which is a good concept. And it, it oh, actually, yeah. I, I watched this fact going all the way through. I didn't skip any of it. I was actually intrigued to see, you know, who was actually going to get this number one 10 spot. Uh, the next match we go on to is Devon Dudley versus... da da. <laughs> John Cena. Can he continue the undefeated streak? And... One thing that's bugging me about John Cena at the moment on SmackDown is they're still referring to him as the Rookie John Cena. That's his gimmick. I don't... No. They should just call him John Cena, not the Rookie. Because he's not a Rookie anymore. He's been there over two months now. He's not a Rookie. And he's had some, may I say, some actual pretty credible wins as well. So he should be a, he should be a Rookie. That's his gimmick. He's not found his feet yet. <sighs> well... Anyway, Devon Dudley beats John Cena. In the no, <laughs> Reverend Devon beats John Cena. The undefeated streak is over. Thank God. Um, to Devon, the uh, D- Reverend Devon breaking <laughs> yeah. the streak. And after the match, Batista comes out and attacks Devon Dudley. Oh dear. And he does, my God, the spine buster, Batista delivers. His early spine buster, I'm not talking 2006, 2007 world champion Batista, I'm talking 2002 Batista spine buster, and it looks devastating. It looks like, it. you know, I say it's quite a lot of moves. I don't know whether, I'm going back to what you said earlier, there's a way wrestlers can do a move where it looks like you're actually connecting when you're actually doing nothing at all. Um, The velocity and power that he puts into those spine busters is ridiculous. They just look painful. Wow. Um, so then we go on to the next match. It's Rey Mysterio versus Rico. Rey Mysterio versus Rico. Yeah. What an and, odd pairing. Yeah. There's a. Um, they have a. They, they are pushing Mysterio at the moment as well. They're trying to get him. He is already over, but they're doing little video uh, videos for Mysterio as well. Even though he's there, they just keep every advert, even on the network. If you watch it now, it, it's. There, you can see Mysterio is in action next. Um, yeah, he's against uh, Rico, and obviously Mysterio gets the win with a 6-1-9 and a Frankensteiner into a roll-up pin onto Rico. Uh, good match. Again, going back to what we said about Rico. Rico is a very... Uh, he's underrated. It's a good he's wrestler. Very underrated. Yeah, he good is. He's a got wrestler. He
0: never, got given his, never gets given his chance. And you'll see that, guys, as, as we're going further down the line. Rico is one of the most underrated wrestlers from this era. He really is. Yeah. I know we're saying it. We're, what, four episodes in? It's coming, I'm telling you now. We're, you're going to sit there
1: watching Rico matches and you'll be blown away. He's, um, I think, maybe I'm right or wrong when I say it, but I think it really does boil down to his gimmick that he was given.
0: Yeah.
1: And for that time, you know, Bill and Chuck, they needed a, a mouthpiece and that was Rico and he, he did... He made that work with Billy and Chuck. Um, another reason to say why Rico was so good, like he give him a character and he made it what he was. He he's made
0: good. he made Billy and Chuck. Billy and Chuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he, again, he can he can wrestle. He's he's a he's a very good technical wrestler. Rico, you watch him. Just yep. watch him. Uh, so the next match we go into, uh, we have a backstage segment uh, with uh, Rikishi. Rikishi is going to be the guy that faces Eddie Guerrero next. Uh, so it's Rikishi Eddie Guerrero and Guerrero's backstage with Rikishi, and Guerrero basically just says to Rikishi, um, "Yeah, don't get, don't make me angry, or, or I'll you know beat you up." Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, and uh, he says, "Get ready for some Latino heat." Um, and yeah, it's you know it's brilliant. With um, I like I love it when Eddie gets wound up and gets angry. And he's very passionate when he gets angry. So Eddie Guerrero and uh, Rikishi started the fight. Rikishi beats Eddie Guerrero with a kick to the face, due to pre-match stipulations. Rikishi advances in the number one competition, number one contender competition. After the match, Chris Benoit attacks Rikishi and locked him in with the Crippler Crossface until Edge made the save. So we're having a couple of more. Edge is getting very. Um... Edge, He's running, yeah. isn't he? these <laughs> he just keeps running in on and saving everybody think he wants to save everybody And may I say I am definitely an edgehead definitely can I ask Love... you a question cool. so we've had
0: all these we've had all these Smackdowns now that we've covered um because we don't I don't we don't seem to get many runnings on raw not that often not to the level that they do involving your mid card um do they play the theme music no awesome awesome because if you're doing a surprise running, why have you got time to tell the man to cue up your music? You need to get out there and help your buddy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the only time that you need to use a theme music is literally when it's somebody that's not been there for a while. Yeah, the only time.
0: Look, look, look at Kane.
1: Perfect example with Kane. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't. Well, put it this way, you couldn't do it with someone like Gilberg, even if he was making a comeback. <laughs> you couldn't do it with Gilberg. Oh shit! But well, then again, you could, because 'cause he'd come out with like some fake Goldberg music, so you could potentially. the to sparklers think Gold-
0: and the sparklers and the fire extinguishers, I love Goldberg. That's yeah. what they should do. They should bring Gilberg back and they let
1: him have a feud with James Ellsworth. They do. It, they do it in the Indies, don't they? Oh, do they? Yeah, that's that's Gilberg's very good friends with James Ellsworth. Dada or uncle, I believe. Alright. And that's what Gilbert's still wrestling, but he wrestles on the Indies. Wow. Still wrestling? Jesus, wow. he must be he must be old. Yeah.
0: Well, but look at saying that though, it's, it's one of them things where if that's always been in your life and you've got no other career. Um, and if it's if you're not hitting the big time. Look at people like Sabu and Terry Funk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Guys that have still got to wrestle now. Because they just didn't make enough money. Then Terry Funk must have retired about
1: nineteen times. Terry Funk doesn't need to retire, though. Uh, doesn't need to wrestle. Still, he's got a, a great name and he's got plenty of money. Oh yeah. And if he could, if I'm sure WWE wouldn't, he would definitely not pass a medical to wrestle in WWE. However, he, he could still come and be some sort of manager for somebody like Dean Ambrose. I don't know.
0: No. Something.
1: Yeah. This is
0: um, one of my biggest. Just, just if I could just put in just to finish on what you're saying there, one of my biggest, um, sort of pet peeves I have with the WWE at the minute is when they bring back legends. They only have a very small pool that they bring back. They don't, they don't even think of people like Terry Funk. Yeah. Do you know all these yeah. legend shows and these, these old school episodes. It's the same crop of guys, but a lot of yeah. these guys have, a lot of these guys have gone. They used to use Roddy Piper. He's now passed away. They used, uh, Dusty Rhodes. He's now passed away. Um, they always seem to use uh, Ricky Steamboat. They always have Superfly on there. It's it's the same crop of legends that they always touch Million Dollar Man. He always appears.
1: Which stops the surprise element. Yeah, because and you saw him six months ago. The, I, I, I mean, I'm going to say this, but I do believe that, I don't know, obviously I, I'm not big onto the backstage politics or what have you, um, but they the, they could possibly get other people to, like when Sid Vicious came back for the near the anniversary. Sid yeah. Vicious, and that that was a surprise to me. That I gave me a pop. Yeah.
0: Well, Vader, to be fair, in the same series
1: when Vader yeah. came back, I wasn't expecting Vader to return. Yeah. But was well, the point I'm trying to make is on that very show, other wrestlers that they could get back, the old, other old timers, they might just be booked already somewhere else. True. True, and I don't imagine... Obviously, uh, Vincent McMahon's clever because he has them
0: all tied down to these Legends deals, which basically means we can pay you fuck all but call upon you whenever we need you. And I yeah. know a lot of these Legends deals, a lot of them have it written in where they
1: can't do independent dates. And now, I know... right, I'm, I'm, I am going to digress a, a hell of a lot now. Um, insane Championship Wrestling, the video you post on Facebook. Finn Balor. How the hell have they managed to get Finn Balor? Because they had Mick Foley pre-booked about a year ago. Before Foley went back to the yeah. draw? Uh,
0: from what I gather, Foley was supposed to appear, but because of his commitments to Survivor Series and obviously to the GM role, he couldn't, but he promised he'd send him a replacement. Finn Balor, when he used to be
1: Devitt, used to wrestle for them. So it... But how... how, how, how he's like, put, at the moment, he's one. Of the, he's like the guy at the moment. But Finn Balor on ICW. But he used to wrestle for ICW. Yeah, but he's he's on the WWE contract. Yeah, well, it's it's one of them things it's
0: AJ Styles could do it tomorrow and he'd, he'd fill anywhere and I think AJ Styles would love to go back
1: tomorrow. Yeah.
0: A lot of them the independent scene is a lot of them like AJ Styles when he when he left TNA, he could have re-signed but he decided to go to Japan and have a bit of fun. Yeah. I mean you know, that's why they love going back to these indie scenes like there's um it was AJ Styles' last indie match before he signed for WWE where he did a bit of a, like a goodbye sort of speech. And the fans were in tears, man, when he was saying, he's, you might not see, or you might see me on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Like dropping little hints that he was going to be at Rumble. And there were fans genuinely crying about it. Do you know what I mean? A lot of these, like ICW, I think it helped the ICW having that BBC um, documentary about him massively in regards to coverage. But they've got such a passionate fan base and to get someone like Finn Balor back there, it's going to be, from what I gather, it's going to be an internet pay-per-view. So it's going to get people's interest.
1: Do you think that they could eventually get a TV deal? Yeah, why not? Why because not? we, the last time we had anything, um, well, in my lifetime, um, bear in mind I'm 28, was, I think it's Frontier Wrestling Alliance. That was the last time we had something that was... Was that... Um, I know we had the, the Wrestling Channel. Yeah, Frontier Wrestling lives was
0: on the Wrestling I, Channel. I can go I can go a bit before that. I remember before that, for those that didn't have uh, the Wrestling Channel, ever watched the Wrestling Channel, I used to have, this is how old I am, I used to have cable. There used to be a TV station called Live TV. And on Live TV, it had uh, a British wrestling promotion where the tag team, were a, uh, a tag team from Sheffield, from where myself and CJ are from. Um, and they had... Uh, the, like a biker gimmick, and it was always terrible wrestling, but they had a few um, upstarts that used to appear for them, like a certain uh, American dragon, uh, Brian Danielson, and you had uh, the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, uh, used to appear for them as well. It used to be a Sunday, night, Sunday afternoon, about 4 o'clock. Oh, brilliant. But that was the last time I remember wanting and being passionate about watching British wrestling, so I know there's been talks about bringing the uh, ITV's World of Sport back. Um, why not? Give the ICW a, a slot on there.
1: World of Sport. Now that's something that you could sit with your grandma or granddad and watch.
0: Yes, people. If you don't know World of Sport, uh, like CJ said, go and speak to your grandma and your granddad, or even your mum and dad. To be fair, they might remember World of Sport.
1: Uh, if you're in America, if you're in America, I don't know if you'll know of it.
0: Yeah, no, but they would have. Americans would have heard of uh, Giant Haystacks, though. Yeah, because uh, he went G- over to didn't he sign for WCW? Is it not Loch Ness?
1: Was he? I don't know, was he? They were going too far back for me, I um, don't know.
0: I may, I may be wrong there, listeners, but I've got a sneaky feeling that I'm not.
1: Right, okay. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> we've gone. We've digressed so much right now. I think <laughs> well, we're supposed uh, to I've be possibly. talking about SmackDown, but I've not got a clue at the minute. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so going back to the SmackDown show, the next match is Shannon Moore with The Hurricane, uh versus Tajiri. Go. Versus Tajiri with Jamie Noble and Nidia. And uh Shannon Moore pins Tajiri. Tajiri? Is this Tajiri making his debut? No, Tajiri's been around. Um he has been around Ah, I'm mistaken. Yeah, he's been around for just just shy of it, just under a year he's been there now. Oh. Um but yeah Shannon Moore again gets a win um and this guy to Jerry. Shannon Moore's Mo- on a run. Yeah, he's on he's on a run. And if you get a chance, guys, go on the network and just check out Shannon Moore's theme music. Sick. <laughs> it's really, really interesting. I like it. It's got a bit of a beat to it. I'll cut it in. Um next match Chris Benoit versus Rikishi. Uh in the ongoing number one contenders winner stays on match. Chris Benoit defeats Rikishi, and he defeats him with uh, submission, L- cripple across face, and uh, Benoit advances to the number one contender in the number one contender competition. So Benoit is now the next guy who sh- is currently going to be facing Brock Lesnar. I'm liking where this is going, because if, you, if you're if looking at this, it's, it sort of goes up in tiers. Who have we got left? Angle? Uh, oh, I can't, I can't tell you. Oh, just... all right, okay. We'll play it that way. Okay, so uh, there's a little bit I missed, and that was Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy uh, has been going around backstage asking Stephanie McMahon to put him into the number one contenders uh, tournament, and uh, she's more or less refusing. However, she's on the phone at the mo at this t- at this point in time backstage, and uh, she's on the phone to uh, one of the uh, PR people on Raw. And he's saying, "Yeah, we, let's get him. Yeah, I want to make sure he's here. He's here tonight. He's, he's, he's staying in the hotel near us." So basically, Seth Man is indicating at the fact that we're going to get a new Raw guy over on SmackDown. And hmm. uh, yeah, Matt Hardy's comes in while she's on the phone, and she's in the you know she's in the middle of something really important on the phone, and Matt Hardy like turns like turns the phone off while she's on it. And uh, obviously Stefan fume fuming, what are you doing that for? And he's like, what about me? What about my career? Like, I, I, I'm Matt Hardy, goddammit. What about my career? I, I, I want to be the champion. And she goes, well, if you want a match, you've got a match. You're going against, you want to be a champion so bad, tonight you're going to face Brock Lesnar. Oh, no. What have you done to yourself, version one? But the, surpri- the, the look on Matt Hardy's face is surprising because he looks really happy. Like excited to face Brock Lesnar, whereas I would thought I would have thought the way that the Bill and Lesnar at the moment, you'd think that it looked like he's got piss running down his leg, but he's not. He's really excited to face Brock Lesnar. So, yeah, Brock Lesnar goes into a match with Matt Hardy, non-title by the way. <laughs> um, Matt Hardy gets in some pretty good offense in this match. To be fair, he gets a couple of moves in there. Uh, we all know Lesnar's gonna win, but. He, it, Matt Hardy makes it look like he he does have, like, a fighting chance. Uh, But, yeah, as soon as Lesnar gets him up on his shoulders and does an F5, that's it, over one, two, three. Walks out, goes towards the the ramp, then Lesnar does his own shtick, comes back down to the ring, beats up on Hardy some more, gives him another F5, and just, you know, gives him more of a monster push. That's Lesnar's bit on SmackDown. Because we've got to make Lesnar look good. So, Les- yeah. Lesnar
0: beats Hardy, but no, we've got to make sure we make Lesnar look even better, so he needs to go back down and kick crap out of
1: him yet again. Yeah, and you know what? This is the first SmackDown uh, that I I believe that Lesnar's not been involved in that much. No. Yeah. The whole the whole four weeks leading up to SummerSlam, he was an absolute... Oh, it was the I- Lesnar show. Yeah, but now he's the champion. they've lay- They're laying off him a little bit, which is good.
0: Well, uh, I suppose you've got to push. Now you've got to focus on pushing people to make them worthy contenders
1: for the title. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, you don't want to make some guy that if you push some a guy too far. A perfect example. I'm talking about Brock Lesnar. Two thousand
0: and sixteen, my friend.
1: Brock yes. Lesnar Right now. Yeah. They they have gone. They've pushed him too far at the moment, and. The only way for him to be beat is... I really hope it's Goldberg. I hope Goldberg beats him. Somebody's going to have to beat him at some point. Because he's he's getting boring quickly. Um, I don't want to go in it too much. Because I know that we will go on loads. Uh, But this is what I'm trying to say. Reverting back to SmackDown 2002. If you push... If they push... They don't want to get into the... They don't want to push Brock Lesnar too far. Into being a monster... Champion, because nah. then you've got, like you just said, you've got to get that other guy on his level. So we go into the next match. Uh, Stephanie McMahon is there, uh, comes out to the ring just before the match starts, and she says, "Well, guys, I have got a new guy for SmackDown, and this guy is the Phenom, the Undertaker." Excuse me. <laughs> the Undertaker comes down, comes down on his motorbike. It's a big. Weird, I tell you what, SmackDown are getting so many, getting loads over on Raw at the minute. Championships, massive. They've, all right. and, Don't and right. It's alright. It's alright. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, The Undertaker comes down and we're now in a triple threat match between The Undertaker, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle got involved in this match because, well, it's Kurt Angle, isn't it? He? he deserves to be in the triple, he deserves to be there. Um, so yeah, Angle, Benoit, basically I think, didn't have anything else to do with Angle that night. No, but was um,
0: not Angle the next one in this series? No, no. Was it not? So Benoit was the winner?
1: Sorry, not. no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Angle was the next one. Sorry, that's my bad, yeah. Um, yeah, so Angle is the next guy to face Benoit. So Angle and Benoit are both in the middle of the ring and The Undertaker comes down. Great match. I would Overall, I'd say that this match could have very well been a pay-per-view main event. And they all did their part. Benoit and Angle carried The Undertaker through it. Which, again, I'm thinking the only reason why they're... Well, Undertaker Undertaker gets the win, but the only reason why they're letting The Undertaker win is because he's got more credibility than Angle and Benoit. Yeah. And he's got... I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, out of those three who'd have a fighting chance against lesnar i would say the, the undertaker but i'd also say Engel. angle angles there with a fair shout but well, you can't, you can't write off chris benoit not really no you can't write him off but he's he's too small and that's bad i know i shouldn't say that but he is no it sounds bad when i say that but can you imagine benoit giving lesnar a german suplex yeah uh, I I think two thousand and two, yeah, because Lesnar will move.
0: These days, not these days. Could you imagine anyone trying to get Lesnar a suplex?
1: It's going to be fun watching Goldberg try and throw him around. Now, do you think? Well, that's the end, that's the end of the SmackDown. Uh, the Undertaker wins. The Undertaker's new contender, n- new new number one contender for Brock Lesnar's championship. But do you think overall? Sorry, what do you think of the 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 whole SmackDown.
0: Uh, you need to
1: give over Nick and Raw wrestlers. That's that's a that's
0: a main talking point that I've took out of But no, um, from someone that's not seen it point of view, just listening to you explain it, I'm getting a bit. I'm not so fussed with this. All the the, I know they're trying to make a number one contender, but we are now at episode five of SmackDown that we've covered. I believe our episode six maybe, um, and Benoit, Angle, Edge, Guerrero. Their, let them have their own little runs. Let them have their own little feud with somebody else. You've got a, a card full, of stack full of talent. Let's Angle go and showcase his skills off against Tajiri. Edge against Jamie Noble. Let's just mix it up a little bit, because these guys are getting that involved with each other on a weekly, week in, week out basis. When it comes round to the pay per view, when they have supposed to be the blow off match, I'll be sick and tired of seeing them. I know it's hard to see when it's, I'm talking about people like Benoit and Angle, but yeah. I honestly believe I'd be sick of seeing him.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, SmackDown as a whole for me, I think it was a good show. Um, but yeah, showcase the talent a bit more. And I'm just, I, the one one downer from my show is I'm the run-ins get sick of him. They need to really stop doing all these run-ins all the time. Yeah. It's
0: like I like <laughs> said, like said a bit ago with Raw, it's a very rare occurrence that you have run-ins. You have a lot. You have, we're a lot more segment heavy, um, but there's there's very rare runnings at the minute. If there is, yeah. if there is, it's your boy Test.
1: Seriously, I'm getting mad now. I think literally, don't just the name now is giving me shudders. Um, so going up to 2016, Survivor Series is just around the corner. Hopefully, we will have. Well, we definitely will have got the uh, next part to this out Um, but as of recording now the date is the 26th of October what do you think Dave do you think Goldberg will get Lesnar up for a jackhammer
0: yeah because he did it before and Brock Lesnar all Brock Lesnar's got is just a bit more heavy set He's he's not as lean as he were in 2002 he's still the same sort of build and he got him up with ease back then. So, I, I, I can imagine if he's gonna, and they, I imagine they are going to, that spot will be in there. I, we are going to see a jackhammer, and we will see a spear. Can't say if that's gonna be what Goldberg will win, but yeah, definitely, I think he'll get him up. Do you think you could botch it? Oh, that's a hundred guarantee. So, that has been um, episode four, part one. Uh, we've had an episode of Raw an episode of SmackDown. Um, CJ, thoughts? First, yep. uh,
1: first roll on Smackdown on the back of SummerSlam? Yep, and, and they're on a roll. Really good, really impressed. Um, I think in this the first couple of uh, <laughs> this first one we've done since SummerSlam, I think we have definitely gone deep. We've definitely gone deep on this one. <laughs> uh, so I hope you guys have enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, and as always guys, uh, you know where to find us. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, just search for RA Era Podcast. Um, we're also on SoundCloud, always oh, that's where all our, you'll find the latest content and we are new to itunes we've now been on itunes for a couple of weeks we're gathering some momentum do not forget to leave us a rate or a review or a comment or a like we'd love to know we'd love to know your thoughts we would love to know your feedback how are we getting on how are we sounding does it work yeah, guys. Does, does it not work
1: Let basically us know. Guys, with itunes guys basically it's very very important because at the moment we, obviously because we're a new we are a new podcast And we are slowly gathering the steam that we need. However, we don't know if you've got an iPhone, and if you have got an iPhone and you are listening to our podcast, then just even if it's just put us a couple of stars on there. We just all we want to know is how many people are actually listening on iTunes. We we need to know. We'd love to know.
0: Like yeah, we just we'd like to know how good we're getting on. So yeah, so that so that is uh, episode uh, episode four part one. My name's been Dave.
1: My name's been CJ. Until next time, peace out, people. Cheers, guys.
0: Ruthless aggression.